Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 19 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Roman numeral four. The soul comes to understand in what relation it stands to the world. By that I mean as follows. God comes to instruct the soul effectually through Christ by his spirit. On what terms it lives here in the world, in what relation it stands. While I live in the world, my condition is to be but a pilgrim, a stranger, a traveler, a soldier. Now, rightly to understand this, not only being taught it by rote, so that I can speak the words over, but when my soul is possessed with the consideration of this truth, that God has set me in this world, not as in my home, but as a mere stranger and a pilgrim who is traveling to another home, and that I am here a soldier in my warfare. I say, a right understanding of this is a mighty help to contentment in whatever befalls one. For instance, when a man is at home, if things are not according to his desire, he will find fault and is not content. But if a man travels, perhaps he does not meet with conveniences as he desires. The servants in the house are not at his back or are not as diligent as his own servants were, and his diet is not as at home, and his bed is not as at home. Yet this thought may moderate his spirit. I am a traveler, and I must not be finding fault. I am in another man's house, and it would be bad manners to find fault in someone else's house, even though things are not as much to my liking as at home. If a man meets with bad weather, he must be content. It is traveler's fare, we say. Both fair weather and foul are the common traveler's fare, and we must be content with it. Of course, if a man were at home and the rain poured into his house, he would regard it as an intolerable hardship. But when he is traveling, he is not so troubled about rain and storms. When you are at sea, though you have not as many things as you have at home, you are not troubled at it. You are contented. Why? Because you are at sea. You are not troubled when storms arise, and though many things are otherwise than you would have them at home, you are still quieted with the fact that you are at sea. When sailors are at sea, they do not care what clothes they have, though they are pitched and tarred, and but a clout about their necks, and any old clothes they think of when they come home. Then they shall have their fine silk stockings and suits, and laced bands and such things, and shall be very fine. So they are contented while away with the thought that it shall be different when they come home, and though they have nothing but salt meat and a little hard fare, yet when they come to their houses, Then they shall have anything. 
Thus it should be with us in this world. For the truth is, we are all in this world, but as seafaring men, tossed up and down on the waves of the sea of this world. And our haven is heaven. Here we are traveling, and our home is a distant home in another world. Indeed, some men have better comforts than others in traveling. And it is truly a great mercy of God to us in England that we can travel with such delight and comfort, much more so than they can in other countries. And through God's mercy, we have as great comforts in our traveling to heaven in England as in any place under heaven. Though we meet with travelers' fare sometimes, yet it should not be grievous to us. The scripture tells us plainly that we must behave ourselves here as pilgrims and strangers. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. 1 Peter 2.11 Consider what your condition is. You are pilgrims and strangers, so do not think to satisfy yourselves here. When a man comes into an inn and sees there is a fair cupboard of plate, he is not troubled that it is not his own. Why? Because he is going away. So let us not be troubled when we see that other men have great wealth, but we have not. Why? We are going away to another country. You are, as it were, only lodging here for a night. If you were to live a hundred years, in comparison to eternity, it is not as much as a night. It is as though you were traveling and had come to an inn. And what madness is it for a man to be discontented because he has not got what he sees there, seeing he may be going away again within less than a quarter of an hour? You find the same in David. This was the argument that took David's heart away from the things of this world and set him on other things. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. Psalm 119, 19. I am a stranger in the earth. What then? Then, Lord, let me have the knowledge of your commandments, and it is sufficient. As for the things of the earth, I do not set store by them, whether I have much or little. But hide not thy commandments from me, Lord. Let me know the rule that I should guide my life by. Then again, we are not only travelers, but soldiers. This is the condition in which we are here in this world, and therefore we ought to behave ourselves accordingly. The apostle makes use of this argument in writing to Timothy. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2, 3. The very thought of the condition of a soldier is enough to still his disquiet of heart. When he is away, he does not enjoy such comforts in his quarters as he has in his own home. Perhaps a man who had his bed and curtains drawn about him and all comforts in his chamber, has now sometimes to lie on straw. And he thinks to himself, I am a soldier, and it is suitable to my condition. He must have his bed warmed at home, but he must lie out in the fields when he is a soldier. 
and the very thought of the condition in which he stands calms him in all things. Yes, and he goes rejoicing to think that this is only suitable to the condition in which God has put him. So it should be with us in respect of this world. What an unseemly thing it would be to see a soldier go whining up and down with his finger in his eye, complaining that he does not have hot meat every meal and his bed warmed as he did at home. Now Christians know that they are in their warfare. They are in this world fighting and combating with the enemies of their souls and their eternal welfare. And they must be willing to endure hardness here. A right understanding of this fact that God has put them into such a condition is what will make them content, especially when they consider that they are certain of the victory and that ere long they shall triumph with Jesus Christ. Then all their sorrows shall be done away and their tears wiped from their eyes. A soldier is content to endure hardness though he does not know that he shall have the victory. But a Christian knows himself to be a soldier and knows that he shall conquer and triumph with Jesus Christ to all eternity. And that is the fourth lesson that Christ teaches the soul when he brings it to his school to learn the art of contentment. He makes him understand thoroughly the relation in which he has placed him to this world. Roman numeral five. Christ teaches us wherein consists any good that is to be enjoyed in any creature in the world. We have taught before that there is a vanity in the creature that is considered in itself. Yet though there is a vanity in the creature in itself, in respect of satisfying the soul for its portion, yet there is some goodness in the creature, some desirableness. Now, wherein does this consist? It consists not in the nature of the creature itself, for that is nothing but vanity, but it consists in its reference to the first being of all things. This is a lesson that Christ teaches. If there is any good in wealth or in any comfort in this world, it is not so much that it pleases my sense or that it suits my body, but that it has reference to God, the first being, that by these creatures somewhat of God's goodness might be conveyed to me. And I may have a sanctified use of the creature to draw me nearer to God, that I may enjoy more of God and be made more serviceable for his glory in the place where he has set me. This is the good of the creature. Oh, that we were only instructed in this lesson and understood and thoroughly believed this. No creature in all the world has any goodness in it any further than it has reference to the first, infinite, supreme good of all, that so far as I can enjoy God in it, so far it is good to me, and so far as I do not enjoy God in it, so far there is no goodness in any creature. How easy it would be if we really believed that. To be contented. Suppose a man had great wealth only a few years ago, and now it is all gone. I would only ask this man, when you had your wealth, 
In what did you reckon the good of that wealth to consist? A carnal heart would say, anybody might know that. It brought me in so much a year, and I could have the best fare, and be a man of repute in the place where I live. And men regarded what I said. I might be clothed as I would, and lay up portions for my children. The good of my wealth consisted in this. Now such a man never came into the school of Christ to know in what the good of an estate consisted. So no marvel if he is disquieted when he has lost his estate. But when a Christian who has been in the school of Christ and has been instructed in the art of contentment has some wealth, he thinks, in that I have wealth above my brethren, I have an opportunity to serve God the better. And I enjoy a great deal of God's mercy conveyed to my soul through the creature, and hereby I am enabled to do a great deal of good. In this I reckon the good of my wealth. And now that God has taken this away from me, if he will be pleased to make up the enjoyment of himself some other way, will call me to honor him by suffering. And if I may do God as much service now, by suffering, that is, by showing forth the grace of his spirit in my sufferings, as I did in prosperity, I have as much of God as I had before. So I may be led to God in my low condition, as much as I was in my prosperous condition. I have as much comfort and contentment as I had before. (coughs) Objection. You will say it is true that if I could honor God in my low estate as much as in my prosperous estate, that it would be something. But how can that be? Answer, you must know that the special honor which God has from his creatures in this world is the manifestation of the graces of the Spirit. This concludes episode 19 of Jeremiah Burroughs, the rare jewel of Christian contentment.